One, two, three. This is the Cider Ranch Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Hello, all you. Hello, all you chicken crusts and pizza tenders. I, I think that's just the name we got to go with now. And welcome back to the Cider Ranch Podcast. I am Ben. And I am Mike. Someone named Mike. Um, we have another special guest on today. He is one of our very best friends. I have, I think you, you guys have known each other for probably way longer than I've known. I've known him, but not way like to, it's, it's, well, you guys went to elementary school, didn't you? A couple more years. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we came in like grade six, seven. Yeah. Grade seven, grade seven. Yeah. Grade seven. We we would like to introduce Mr. Dan Mack onto the podcast. We haven't had you on yet. How's it going, my friend? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. We're doing pretty good, man. It's really good to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. I I, won't, I I totally forgot to like list you know the accolades of what you've done in terms of that, but I think we can get into all that in when we talk about kinesiology and your work pretty soon. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I wanted to say because I actually reached out to Danny since he is a kinesiologist because I've been feeling the COVID crunch lately, and I texted Danny and I said, "Hey, I'm feeling you know a bit more of the." the fat around my body it's not the usual fat it's this COVID fat and I'm like I need you to send me something so when am I getting your your little plan of workouts because I'm, I'm dying I'm dying here you'll get I it feel, tomorrow I feel fatter every moment <laughs> you'll get it tomorrow I'm off a little early for my work so I'll be I'll be sending it to you tomorrow afternoon okay so what, what kind of workout plan is this uh, well, I actually asked Ben about like what equipment he had at home. He like he was fortunate actually in comparison to most people during COVID to have a home gym available. Um, so he's got free weights, he's got some plates, he's got some more kind of old school equipment, but still great for strength building. So uh, I'm gonna be sending him a program that's based off of strength, but not really areas that most people target. So a lot of people try and target the beach muscles. I don't tend to do that. I find that functionality and strength work better than beach muscles. So that's what I t- tend to do my strengthening in. When you say beach muscles, you mean six pack abs and six pack biceps. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Things that look great but don't functionally pack. help you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was that? Ben? I, I, w- I was going to say, like, I could care less if I have a six pack. You know, like, my <laughs> what I would want to look like, and you guys are both going to laugh, but my no, like no, no eventual goal of what I would want to look like, because I feel like I have the frame, just not right now. It's a very pudgy frame, but I would either. like to look like what. Tom Hardy looked like in the Dark Knight Rises. Now, now get now. I, okay. I know yeah. that he spent months and months and months in training, but he was just a fucking tank. And he might well, have, yeah, he probably he, had abs. He, with he was built yeah. thick in a similar fashion to how a how a, how a powerlifter is built. Yeah. Um. Because like when you do bodybuilding, for example, you're looking for pure definition, and that's how most of those people train. Versus powerlifting, which is strength. Um, but being able to do it over a longer period of time, which is how I do all of my training for any clients that I work with. I, yeah. It, so it, with that, is that the whole, cause I have no, I have no idea of the difference with the whole like high, high weights, low reps kind of thing. Is that the whole, is that the powerlifter mantra? Or is that, yeah, is that kind well, of, well, yes and no, but powerlifting also involves more explosive. So you're doing with more speed. Now I'm not saying fly away to your face by any means, cause then, yeah. then you're just going to bug yourself up, but it, um, you're going to be doing more medium to high weight and doing more reps with some more speed involved. 
So that's how we tend to condition it with when it comes to powerlifting. Um, now, by any means, everyone's training is different. That's just how I do my training when it comes to powerlifting. Is it but form Danny, is obviously the most important because if you don't have the right form, then you're really training the wrong areas. Danny, when you're training somebody, are you looking for uh, like just overall strength building or is it more of like a total functional package type thing you're trying to build? Total function is the first thing I go for because if you don't have the function, then you're not going to be able to move properly in whatever you develop. So the problem with body bodybuilding that most people end up getting if they're looking for pure bodybuilding is because the muscles are um, basically built to a point where they're just shredded. Now, there's nothing wrong with being shredded by any means. That's fantastic. Good for you. That's great. But in bodybuilding, there's so much bulk and there is no real major emphasis on being able to move properly. And what it ends up doing is it ends up limiting the body in terms of like just overall functionality. So you know what? Sure. Okay, great. You are super strong in this moment. Um, but it's funny because even, even bodybuilders, when they're going into their shows, they're actually at their weakest because they're dehydrating so much to try and reveal that definition versus yeah, like versus powerlifters who are obviously not necessarily looking as shredded. I mean, obviously you can, but when you're going in your powerlifting, you are really um, doing strength over a longer period of time rather than like one instance. And now we're oh. talking about, you know, the guys that, oh, sorry, Mikey, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I would say with the bodybuilding too, like when you get to guys at the highest level, like the Mr. Olympia and stuff, it's really impressive, um, obviously, to see how shredded they are and just to see Absolutely. How, how insanely huge they are. Like, let's be real. The, the thing that people want to see is just how big and massive these people are. That's the allure for bodybuilding for a lot of uh, people watching it. But Absolutely. like you said, for the functional aspect of it, if, yeah, if that's what they want and that's what they're going for, absolutely. Like, like hundred percent, that's amazing. But in terms of the functional aspect of it, that's where, like you're saying, it's, it's different and it may not be as effective. Absolutely. And like, that's the, that's the thing in terms of the difference between me and a lot of other personal trainers is like, like for, as a kinesiologist, most people will compare me to a personal trainer. But I do a lot of different things than what a personal trainer would do, where I also delve into rehabilitation, physical rehabilitation, um, working for overall functional range and conditioning, working through overall strength and conditioning, but being able to achieve a full range of motion in a strength and conditioning exercise. So like if I can mo only move my shoulder, for example, just barely like um, shoulder height, it's great if you have strength in that range, but you're not going to be able to use any of that range if you're suddenly forced to move in a, in a way that's not natural for that joint. Um, so that's right. really what I go through, especially when it comes to strengthening, when it comes to doing any rotation, making sure full range of motion is there as well as building into strength is the most important thing that I start with. The one, oh, Danny, just before, um, I just have one more thing to add. I was going to say, Danny, you actually really helped me because I had that one issue with my left I think it was my left bicep tendon or something. Yes. I don't know what it was, but I was, I was working out and I was lifting and then I was doing this cable curl and I still do it today, but I'm just a little bit more aware of it because I find if I put, if I do too much too soon and I overload it too much, what happens is like my tendon gets super sore. It's not yes. like it's painful, but it's just, it almost feels weak and I don't have the same range of motion. Yep. So what happened was I was doing it and then I didn't feel like I could do anything with it anymore, no matter how much I stretched out or whatever. And it wasn't, I wasn't able to like flex it or even be as effective with it on that arm. And then when I went and saw you, you kind of, I, I don't know exactly what you did, but you, you applied some, some ointment to it. And then you also did something else and it actually helped big time. 
with yeah so what i did was i did soft tissue release on it so i'm also certified in that basically it's a massage technique that uses um active and passive ranges of motion in order to achieve a full release of the muscles so mike what your problem was is that you were overloading uh too much on that weight and that tendon and so it aggravated it too much so because it got aggravated it basically got inflamed Right. And so when it got inflamed, um, it be no longer had the strength to recruit, um, even if you, even if you can actually functionally do the exercise. Mm -hmm. And so that would, that was your problem. And so working through that, uh, now I'm, I'm assuming it's a lot better now. So it's working yeah. through proper ranges of motion. So like, that's one of the things that I work through, especially with my programs is form form is absolutely the most important thing. If you don't have the right form, you're not working the right thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, it definitely helps. So yeah, so put that. So I, I don't, I, I would doubt that when I'm, when I'm going to the gym or doing whatever, I would say that my form, like I, I, you, I try to keep the right form, but in terms of that, just explain to our listeners the difference between have like having a correct form and doing it properly. Then, you know, if, if someone comes up to you and says, well, you know, I, I can, you know, I can feel the burn. I know that I'm, I know I'm working out the muscle, but what's like, what's the difference? Are we talking about like just better results or, you know, better power through the area that you're working on? Like wh why is form such a big deal? Okay. So I can tell you off the bat, the biggest thing about form is safety. Cause with safe, with, when you have proper form, then that joint is in its most safe position while also being able to recruit the most amount of strength properly. So that's one of the biggest things that comes with um, having proper form, but also you're working the right areas. So typically when you have incorrect form is your body is no longer in a position to recruit that muscle properly in that exercise. So other muscles be go and start compensating for um, basically that movement. So that's the biggest thing with form right there. Mm. Apart from obviously being able to strengthen the thing properly. Now, for, for example, if you're going in, you're trying to do a deadlift, you want to uh, typically well, how I teach a deadlift is through a Romanian style. So you already have the weight being held in hand. And when you're doing a forward bend with a nice straight back, what happens is the back is fully supported and there's nothing that's going to be majorly able to basically like, cause if your back is curled, what happens is your body goes into compensation mode. And so other things are trying to fire to basically, basically prevent any sort of injury. But the problem is with, without that form, you're not actually working the right thing in your back. Because even depending on the type of deadlift you do, you're going to be working back, you'll be working glutes, you can work hamstrings. There's tons of other things you can be working on. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> I because I, I know I know for a fact. Sorry, I think I froze her for a couple minutes, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I was I was just gonna say your face is just like <laughs> for like five, I'm, I'm a couple seconds. It works. I it works. I talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a spot here. No, thanks to that, Danny, because because I know for sure that it's you know, we, we cheat all the time when we're exercising to try to get our, our max or whatever, but, um, but and anyways, we, we kind of, we kind of jumped over what you actually do. Like we know the things that you yes. are, but so what, so what, what do you actually do? And, and tell us a bit about like where you work and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I am a kinesiologist, I'm a practicing kinesiologist. And so what that means is I am a university educated, uh, movement, a therapist. And so basically my role in terms of the clinic I work at, I work at Rebound Sport and Spine. It's out here in Walnut Grove in Langley, BC. And so my main role there is, a, I'm, a, I'm the movement specialist. So when a, when a client goes and sees, say, a chiropractor, for example, or a physiotherapist, they'll send them to me afterwards. And my role will be to basically go in and create a specialized program for them to address the needs that say the physio and the chiro are dealing with so that I can create a more rehabilitative focus for their programs and work to strengthen the areas that are creating limitations for them when they go into other treatments. 
Um, but I also work with ICBC clients as well. And also have my own strength and conditioning clients. But uh, so that's, that's the one thing too, because when people see me in the gym, people will compare me to a personal trainer. No disrespect to personal trainers, but not, not all of them are university educated. Not all of them have their, um, have their university degree. My degree is in kinesiology. And so really my specialty is in human movement. So I will be working mm -hmm. through strength conditioning. I will be working through rehabilitation. It just depends on the client and what their needs are. Yeah. I, I remember when, cause we all went to, to UFE together and, yes, and I just, I remember that I, I think I, I think I sat in one of your classes. It was sports psychology. That's it right. Was sports psychology. <laughs> class. So I was thinking about taking it. Um, and then I remember just looking at what we were doing and looking at some of the diagrams and I'm just like, no, fuck this. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to memorize 85 <laughs> different parts of just like, you know, the, the leg or whatever. Right. But yeah. I think in terms of like the range of motion, cause that's what, that well, that's what comes out. If someone asked me like what kinesiology is about, I'd be like, well, you know, the like body parts, but but range of motion, right? And so we keep coming back, coming back to that. So, in in terms of just range of, is that something that you just use as a term, or does range of motion just mean like the, you're because obviously you're trying to work with better your clients to get yep. you know a better a better range of motion and things like that. But what is what is what is it based? I'm sorry, Ben, I missed the last part. He definitely froze again. Okay, so he froze. It's all good. So it's all my good. gauge on the question that was being asked was what range of motion is properly. Basically, mean in terms. Um, so what range of motion? I'm gonna is move to a different area. Sorry, boys. Okay, Hold okay, on. okay. So it's all good. It's all okay, good. Sorry, ben. Um, so can I? I'm just gonna confirm that what you're asking. So you're asking basically what I mean when I say range of motion, and um, yes. basically elaborating on that. Okay. Yeah, please. So when a joint has a range of motion, so for example, um, your shoulder is actually incredibly mobile and that's because of the way that the structure of the joint is. Um, so I'm able to move my arm overhead. I'm able to move my arm to the side and that's because of the way that the joint is, uh, is assembled. Now, different joints have different ranges of motion. And so it's being able to have a full range of motion for that joint without, uh, without putting into risk of injury. So if I move my arm completely overhead, that's a comfortable range. That's the that's what range it's meant to have in. But if I have my arm here and bent, the joint is no longer in a truly safe position. This is a point where it has a risk of injury. So even going into say a hip joint, for example, um, it's very, very locked in. So you have um, basically the joint that's super locked. It does have range of motion, but it's meant to be incredibly stable. And so like the shoulder joint is also not as stable. So the, it, it's kind of funny. So when you're working through a joint, Range of motion is basically it's normal ranges that it goes into without feeling injury. But when you're going into, say, a hip, for example, then you're looking for a more stable joint, there will be less range of motion that's associated with it. But what's going to end up happening is you're going to have less range of motion, but it's going to be more stable. So the range itself is more contained. If that makes sense. Now, also trying to stall a little bit. So then you can get no better spot for No, no, it's all good. It's all good. <clears throat> yeah, no, I was, I listened to the entire time and I'm now downstairs where there will be no more. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Danny, like I, I heard everything you said, but it was just really hard not to laugh. I know. <laughs> this guy at the I top know. who looks like he's, you know, remember with the weekend at the Super Bowl where he was going, that meme that where he's like walking in like that. Oh my God. That, yes. thing? That's, that looked like <laughs> Benny because it looked like he was just like, oh, <laughs> he didn't know where well, he try, was try to stall a little bit too. He's like, okay, can Ben, yeah. can ben get to a better place for his Wi-Fi? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll keep, going. we'll keep going. I wasn't, I apologize. Oh, was I, had, I had the giggies there. So I apologize. I just kept laughing oh, at this. this, this really? Laugh. Sorry. No. <laughs> Wait, no, am I the professional one here trying to, trying to be on a podcast you definitely, here? You definitely are the professional <laughs> yep. one. <man. laughs> oh, it's all good.
I, I'm now right beside the router, so we're we're good to go. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, Benny. Sure but I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, Benny. If you freeze again and your face stays the same, I'm done. I'm quitting this podcast. Oh my <laughs> god, that's funny. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry yeah, to yeah, so you, yeah, so really, in reality, like working through ranges, your joints are going to have its own specific set of ranges, but it's working pretty much comfortably in those sets of ranges. And that's the biggest thing. So a joint will have its own comfortable set of ranges. And if it goes beyond that set of, beyond that range, then there's usually a, a term of injury that can go into it. It's also where, uh, it's also where um, hypermobility or flux or increased flexibility also goes in. But uh, then you're also getting into joint laxity. You're also going into tendon mobility, muscle mobility, how things move together. And then there's, there's so many different factors that go with range of motion, but that I usually have to really define and fine tune what I'm looking at in order to determine, okay, well, what's, what's limiting this range of motion? Is it muscle? Is it too tight muscle? Are the tendons too tight? Is there ligament damage? Um, it, what about the joint itself? Is the joint itself just really locked in? And th is a person's anatomy just what's limiting its range of motion? So there's a lot of different factors I have to look at. What do you think is like, when, when you're dealing with clients on an everyday basis, what is like the number one thing that you um, find yourself having to reiterate over and over again? Is it like the range of motion? Is it just recovery? Um, what is something that you see consistently from a lot of clients that you feel that would really benefit them? Well, a lot of people don't really know how to move properly. And that's not to disrespect anybody that's trying to move, but everyone has certain levels. That's movist, Daniel. That's a very movist thing to say. I know, right? <laughs> so um, everyone has their own um, compensations that are basically developed. So uh, a certain way that they have developed moving. Now we are all, we all have the ability when we're going to say walk and move. There's certain functional movement patterns that are just innate in all of us. Walking is one of them, running is another one. Um, but certain things, so like a squat or a deadlift, for example, somebody may have compensated a certain way to achieve a squat, but might not be able to do it properly. I have to really train them out of those movements. And that's where a lot of nervous system recruitment's involved. And so, because when you do any movement, there's nervous system recruitment to speak when I'm talking about yeah. and to go in. That's the difference where it comes to me versus like somebody like I'm going to, I'm going to use this as a terrible example, but honestly, CrossFit, there, there are some incredible athletes in CrossFit, yeah. but when it comes, but when it comes to CrossFit, there's what I've seen from a lot of CrossFit athletes that come and see me, there's a lot of compensations that have been done to try and achieve a form that may not be good for them. So the term ass to grass is where basically your butt has to go all the way down in the deepest form of your squat. And honestly, right. for a lot of people, that's not functionally um, good for them. And so what I'll do, I won't even tell them how to do a squat when I first see them. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do a squat. And they're like, a lot of clients, people look at me and it's kind of like, what do you mean? It's like, just do a squat. You yeah. just keep squatting and I will, I will, I will look around and I'll, I'll tell you what I see. And they're like, oh, okay. So they'll do a couple of squats for me. I'll walk around them kind of seeing how, seeing how their hips move, how their ankles move, how their knees move. Um, like things like that. So okay, like if somebody's ankles are coming off, then I know they don't have ankle mobility in order to get a full range. And so usually what will happen is their balance will, their balance will end up shifting. They'll probably fall back. Um, right. If somebody's knees cave in, that means they probably don't have, haven't strong enough um, for, forward muscles to support the way that their knees are moving. Or it's an improper moving pattern. Um, maybe their knees, are, maybe they're too narrow. Um, so those, those are things that things I'll look at. And it has to make sure that the movement itself is functional. And the, the one thing that I ask them right off the bat, are you comfortable? Are you comfortable in that movement? 
Yeah. Because if somebody's comfortable in that movement, I'm not necessarily going to just change their squat for the better. Like, why would I change something that's a comfortable movement for them if it's yeah. done if it's done pretty much correctly? <laughs> like, because even so, yeah, I have to think about somebody's anatomy. So somebody's mm -hmm. hip joints are going to be totally different than the next person that I look at. Yeah. And so for mine, my hip joints are slightly out, so I actually have to take a wider stance and have my toes slightly flared out in order to achieve achieve a proper squat. And that's that's my comfortable squat, and I don't necessarily go astagrass. I go, I go to about a point where my hip, my basically my butt and knees are kind of in line. That's the point. That's the point I go to. And so, that's, like my squat's gonna be different than your squat. My squat's gonna be different than what Ben's squat is. Um, so it's really about properly looking and seeing at exactly what they're doing and is the movement comfortable? Is it functional properly? And that's the biggest difference that I do versus what other people do. I find that interesting too oh, because yeah. when when I was when I went for um, when I was training in a different province a couple of years ago. Um, what, what I did is there was a gym there and what happened was we were doing, I was doing like squatting, um, and deadlifting every day, but with squatting, there actually was like a personal trainer that was there and he was just like, give me a specific way to squat. And he, Legs. So if I have my legs really close together and then, and I keep my hands relatively wide apart, I achieve a stronger pull. Whereas Absolutely. if I do more of like a sumo or like with my um, knees out a little bit more, I can still achieve it, but it just takes a little bit more. It's not as comfortable for me. And like, yep. for me, learning that was really cool. I think he was a kinesiologist too. And he did this kind of straight. It completely takes away my movement. Yeah. So I, I understand. Yeah. I was going to say Benny is having some, issues today. Benny, you good, bro? That's okay. Can you hear us? I can hear you guys. I just don't, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't know what's going on with my thing. I can hear you. Yeah. Your, your video is just a little frozen. So you, you just keep talking. You're good. Yeah, you're good, bro. Don't worry. You, it'll still work. It'll still work. Um, but yeah, no, Danny, that's, that's good because it, it's good to hear from a different perspective because there's so many times like you hear different things and, and somebody yeah. tells you to do it a certain way. And there's a lot of really good information out there, but there's also a lot of like information that probably isn't suitable for everybody well that's the thing right so if you're if you're going to google like okay what's a perfect squat you're going to get a generic answer that's going to really not necessarily affect you i mean it could affect you and if it works for you that's great um but i hear that all the time i was like oh I, i've heard i have to keep my feet exactly in the shoulder width apart and i would say do you feel comfortable doing that do you really feel comfortable doing that and a lot of people tell me no and I don't bother, I don't, I, I just try and give them helpful tips. Um, usually, usually the biggest thing I see with squats is that somebody's feet are too narrow in and they're, they're locking their hips up too much. And with that, when that happens, they don't get comfortable moving and suddenly it puts a ton of pressure on the back. So misinformation yeah. is just kind of you messing also up like, most stuff. But, Absolutely. but Danny, another, another thing that really sucks about it too, is that it causes people to not want to do the movement. So exactly. like for for me, just speaking from experience, I didn't want to squat for a long time because I just hated how it felt. I felt really uncomfortable with it. Yep. And then every time, you know, when you're really young and you're like working out and you're in your like teens, you know, like you, you walk into a gym and you don't want to set up this weight rack, like, or the squat rack that's going to take you a while to set up. And then you're not going to be comfortable. And then you're like, oh, why would I do that if I don't know what I'm doing? Or I feel like it would be really beneficial for people to like even have one session with somebody like yourself 
Absolutely. Discuss it because that would really help them. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing, just as long as it works and they're able to do it exactly. properly. Well, see, it's one of the things too, well, it was actually really cool today. So, so with the organization I represent, it's the British Columbia Association of Kinesiologists. Um, we automatically get paired up with the Canadian Kinesiology Alliance. And we actually just got an email today. It was really cool. Um, what they've done, what the Canadian Kinesiology Alliance revealed to us was, was there's a group um, in Canada here. It's called the EMIC, Exercise Medicine in Canada. And what they, to what they told us is that the EMIC actually ranked kinesiologists among the top um, healthcare practitioners in terms of preventing and um, reducing the strain of chronic disease um, through exercise and movement. And so they've rated us as um, some of the top professionals in dealing with um, people with chronic illness. And that's, and that's even, even preventing chronic illness. And that's just through movement. Movement is medicine. It always will be. Oh. Yeah. That, you know, that, that's actually really interesting because that, you know, we're, you kind of, we're kind of, you know, blending the lines of, of psychology with, with sports and in terms of that. Absolutely. So, so why in terms of, I mean, like we all have our, you know, thoughts on that, but specifically, why is it so, why do you think it's so important that like, exercise is good for the mind because in terms of that obviously there's been research that's done that's proven it but yeah. why why is it so much that it can it helps your mental health as well what do you think though like, well, what do you think the the, well i mean apart from the, the fact that as soon as you exercise and you get to a certain point you're releasing your endorphin you're releasing endorphins right and so you have you have dopamine being released in your brain which is your happy hormones and all that good stuff and so basically but not only that i mean yeah obviously there's a chemical reaction that happens in the brain but when you keep up with a certain routine we as human beings crave routine. No, nobody wants to just sit around and be a couch potato. It just doesn't work. Yes. That's why a lot of people had so many problems during this initial lockdown of COVID. Yeah. Um, what ends up happening? Uh, so when you're sorry, when you're going to exercise as well, what you're what you end up doing is you're not only creating a routine, but you're also like if you're able to create a substantial change in yourself where you feel better physically. Um, let's just say your goal is to lose weight. Okay, great. You exercise, you lose weight. Okay, you feel better about yourself. There's a, there's a as a positive reinforcement that goes along with the in terms of psychology of it. Um, it's immediate. It, exactly. If you're going in and you're looking to say lift 10 more pounds. Um, yes, you have goals. And I, when I create goals, I have, or when I create programs, I have little goals that are involved with them. So it's like, okay, well, this week, let's. Hey everybody, thanks again. We're really sorry. We had some audio issues there for a minute. Uh, so all you chicken crusts and pizza attendees out there, we're gonna start again in three, two, one, and go. And so, I mean, the real impact that exercise has on physical and mental health um, is obviously apart from being able to complete goals. So one of the things that I do with all my clients is create short and long-term goals. What are we gonna do in the short term? And what are we gonna be able to do um, really accurately in the long term? Now, obviously, apart from releasing those happy hormones and being able to um, build self-esteem, that those are some of the things right off the bat that exercise, exercise has a really fantastic uh, impact on. Now, obviously, in terms of health, too, I mean, if you're exercising properly, so having cardiovascular health, um, having physical health in terms of just being able to be stronger and be able to lift properly. So perhaps as an older population. So if you're able to have a healthy heart, if you're able to lift things and be more independent, maybe those are things that also help your mental health than when you're getting older. So there's a lot of things that exercise can have uh, a really good impact on when it comes to physical and mental health. Do you find that um, <clears throat> with with mental health and, and physical fitness, like 
that that's obviously like it's so true you're 100 right that is like hands down the one of the best things you could do for your mental health not saying it's a cure-all not saying it's gonna fix everything but it definitely helps because i can't tell you the amount of times that just going to the gym once just once during the whole day you can go there for 20 minutes just stepping foot in there is such a mental hurdle to overcome you feel 10 times better and even like just building up on that routine it's the best so i can totally see people coming to you and just feeling so accomplished once they're done breaking that barrier don't let that barrier stop you from exercising because the barrier is really going to be holding you back and that can still affect your mental and physical health as well yeah can you guys hear me still yep i fear that as i continue to like gain weight that i'm not going to be able to like accomplish what i used to like (laughs) in terms of like what i used to you know what i mean yeah I don't know. It's, it's, it sucks because I feel like I put on like 20 pounds in COVID and like, it's just, that is pretty much used to honestly. And it's just the thing that everyone told everyone said when we were going to be getting COVID we're getting shredded. That's what I heard from everybody (laughs) because I have, I'm at home. I have this time now. Nobody's doing that. Honestly. Now I will say though, not, not to interject really quick. Danny, you were looking very good. Have you been losing any weight by any chance? Just gotta say I was going to say, you're looking very good. Your face is looking excellent. Thank you. No, I am trying to be more physically active myself, obviously. I mean, I, like I am, I am working a lot, but, but I'm, mm-hmm. but it's a new work that I enjoy. Um, but even so I just not having the sports teams that I'm, that I'm working for because of COVID um, allows me to exercise a little more while I'm working at work during mm-hmm. my breaks, but also obviously just focusing on the eating and everything. That's, that's again, the whole um, in, like encompassing of uh, the impacts that exercise and yeah. even, even just diet itself can have on your health. But yeah, no, I mean, hey, I, I got a baby coming here in May, so yeah, got got to be healthy, right? It's one of those things. Right. Absolutely, Mike. That's Mike, exciting. I mean, you're gonna be in that boat, um, hopefully, incredibly shortly. Hopefully, like today or tomorrow or the day after. Hopefully, it happens quick. It could happen like, during this podcast. It very well could happen during this podcast. Yeah. I don't think it will, but. I really wish it would because I have too much stress <laughs> and anxiety right now and it's starting okay. to seep into my life. <laughs> we, we need it. We need We need a code word then for um, Caroline's waters broke. Okay. Um, I think we'll hear a scream. <laughs> that's also true. The sudden panic. Yes. From Michael. Hold on, Danny, you, you give me a word. What word will we, what, what word should I use? What word are we? Can't, use? It can't be pineapple. Everyone uses pineapple. No, no, not, nah, pumpernickel is used no. as, just as much as well. Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Metamucil, sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, speaking of Metamucil, I've actually been using it a lot. <laughs> and it is, anyways, not to get too TMI, but oh my God, it's life-changing. That plus the bidet boys, Jesus. I was just going to say the bidet, Mike, you got me, you got uh, my family here on the bidet, me and Jessica. So tell me about your bidet experiences so far. Um, it's weird using any other um, lavatory system that is mm-hmm. not um, the one we have at home that which has the bidet equipped. It's okay. weird. No, hold on, hold on. Um, when, before you got the bidet, like how about this, before you even thought about getting a bidet, Okay. your regular bathroom routine, would you describe it as a, always a good experience or was it always kind of left you wishing that there could be more 
there you know what i mean like do you wish it was like do you wish at the time that it was a better experience <clears throat> no because i didn't know what i had right i was ignorant you didn't know I what you were missing i did not know what i was missing okay and then when when you now why did you purchase the bidet because michael you convinced me to purchase the bidet <laughs> You convinced then, me. You you convinced me in the investment and the fact that if we have another lockdown, we're going to use less toilet paper. Very true. And then, like the one thing I've noticed is we barely we barely use toilet paper now. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's literally just to test. Oh, we're good. There's nothing there. A courtesy wipe. Yeah. 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 But the t- the tushies the tushy is what I got. That's what you have, right, Danny? That's tushy. what we got too. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty good. It definitely changes your whole life in perspective. And, and I mean that the... I mean that seriously. Like it actually does change your life. No, I, I think we should it. still reach out to them for a sponsor. Because you you name drop them every second episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling tell, boys, I'm telling you, once if you go bidet, you'll never go back. It's it's simple as that. Danny's experienced it. I, yeah, I, experienced I actually it. agree with that. Yeah, like and Danny, you tried it once at my place, didn't you? It, it was it was life-changing it was it right. was uh it was interesting the very first time that it, it happened you know when the yep. water went into the area and i was like at first I, I thought it was gonna like hurt but it, like it just felt odd and i was like okay well i'm just my ass is clean now everything is yep. clean you know no toilet paper you're right the courtesy wipe just to check you know and and then you're you're good to go that and that and putting um uh, you know, using baby powder in certain areas to make you feel better as well. So yes. that's also a good one. No, not baby powder. Um, in the orange, what's it? What Gold is it? Bond. Gold bond. Gold bond. Yep. I if you, have, if you have a shower, men, this is this is, for, this is for the men listeners. If you have a shower and you, you dry yourself off and you put a little little gold bond down there, you, it's it's it is life changing. Good to know. Yes. I do yep. too. And good hold to on, know. Benny. But here's my question to you, Benny. Without getting too sidetracked, um, when you put it on, do you put it on while you're in the shower, or do you, or like after you dry yourself no. off? Do you, but but it gets everywhere. That's the problem, right? No, not really. You just it you does, just gotta though. be careful when you're when you're applying. It gets everywhere. It's, it's it all your, in the application do put, process. Do you, do you put it on your hand first, and then you? What are you do guys doing? Yep. <laughs> yeah, but how much do you put on your hand? I don't know, like a couple 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 squirts. How does it not get it everywhere? It just sounds Every like a I... messy ordeal here, guys. It is messy. But it it feels good, though. It feels good, but it does truly get all over the floor. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Danny, or Danny, we're going to hook you up with some gold bond after this. All right, sounds good. Where's the sponsor? Uh, Benny's in the works of the right now. He's sending on an email. Perfect. Gold bond and, and Toshi. Anyway, anyways, jump, jump, jumping. Or go ahead, Mike. You want to go ahead. I was, I was going to say, Danny, you've been friends with us for how long now? Like, like, realistically, we've been friends for like Mike since years. grade seven, Ben since me grade eleven, mm-hmm. officially. So, is there any is there any stories that you want to tell on the podcast that that like any good ones of like you like me or Benny that you want to throw out there? What about our nights of ordering all the food and going to your basement? <laughs> it always comes back. <laughs> those are, it always those comes are back riveting. to food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. I, I was going to start more about the ori- the origins of Disneyland, but I mean, go from there, sure. Go, just go, just do it, just lay oh. off. 
Well, just being being in those band days, you know. I mean, me on the tenor saxophone, Ben on the trumpet, and Michael on the guitar, the bass guitar to be specific. Um, going to the realm of the United States of America to California for the trip of a lifetime, playing musical instruments <laughs> in Disneyland and California Adventure. This is but, where we lose the listeners. Thank you, guys. It's been a great slice. This is the end. I'm, of I'm glad I could lose your entire viewing <laughs> art audience. The best part is I didn't even hear what Benny said because he lagged out. He's like, Aah. you didn't hear that? <laughs> no, I kind of lagged out a bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean hey, we've had, we've had some great times. Obviously, being friends for a lot of years now. I mean, just being able to chill, just nights of gaming. Uh, just chill nights hanging out, all the poker nights we've had. Yeah, lots of poker nights. Oh, poker nights have been great. Lots of poker nights. Oh, my God. The, the time where I had a royal flush, but wasn't able to actually officially unleash the royal flush because somebody, everybody folded the moment everybody I folded. had. You got, you got to the turn or just the, the, or the, um, the flop? I think um, you hit it on the turn, didn't you? I hit it on the turn. It was, uh, and it was, all, it was a hearts, hearts royal flush. It was a heart royal flush. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> It was unique, even even the origin of ten four. It's it's a hand I never I never know. Oh, no. Right, yeah, and you got like a friggin' I think you beat me at the end of the night with that. I think you beat me at Gord's place one time at ten four. Yeah, um, it was I, it was because we were getting I was like I was like getting I was on tit I was on tit, aka I'm <laughs> on tit means on tilt, but we just call it. <laughs> Just being angry for, for all you chicken crusts out there, but mm. basically, I think what happened was I had like ten, like a pocket pair of tens or nines or something like that. No, you I, had ten three in your hand. I had ten. Oh no, he's no, absolutely no. right. Did I have ten? Because it was ten four over ten three. You had ten three in your hand. You were like over betting and like I kept raising, <laughs> but then you kept over raising me, and so. Like I'm we, pretty... we, we got right to the end. It was two pair. It was like we both had a two pair. We both had a 10 and we each had a pair. You had a pair of threes. I had a pair of fours. And you were so confident because you turned it over. You went to grab the stack of chips, started pulling them yep. to you. And I flipped the cards over to 10 four and your heart sinks. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best things I'd ever seen. Just knowing that someone thinks that they have something a hundred percent and then it just getting ripped away from them. It's the yeah. best. Oh, it, it was, I remember, it, I remember that. Very in that well. moment, it was the best. It was pretty great. Oh, and I, I hit 10 four more often than I'd like to even admit in terms of being actually successful in the hand. It's Weird, the Dan hand. It's like the Doyle. You're like the Doyle Brunson of, of 10, 10, four. Except Dan's not morbidly obese. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> you know, I will say Doyle Brunson looks pretty good from the front. But when oh, you get... uh, there's there's a reason he sits at a poker table because you don't want to see what's underneath. It's oh, just no. When you, it is when like <laughs> you see him from the side. Just try not to get he... sued for slander here, guys. <laughs> That's true, <sighs> Benny. Maybe we should backtrack a bit. Let me, no, let I, me, I take let everything me... I said about Doyle Brunson back. I'm so sorry. Let me just start over. <laughs> When Doyle okay. Brunson from the side, he looks incredibly morbidly obese. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a pretty big dude. Oh, that's he's a, he's he's the 10-2 machine, baby. <laughs> he, he, oh my God! But but Danny, like, but another another thing to like that um, that was like pretty cool. Like, do you remember? Because when we were in grade seven, 
Do you remember when we went to Whistler and we went to the Tantalus Lodge? That's right. Yes. And Benny, I don't think I don't think you would you were there, but no. I think do you remember when we were in that room and that random kid was like eating that Lay's chip bag? He was eating out of the chip bags. And he was that kid that I knew from like way back in the day. And I was like, oh, we got to hang out with him. And it was me, you, Mark, and this random kid. I don't remember the random kid, but I remember the event. And do you do you remember us oh, putting God? I remember I remember, what, I remember the, the real fruit gummies. Do you remember the dishwasher? What we did with the dishwasher? I don't remember the dishwasher. Do you remember we took all of the um I think we took all the pop from downstairs and then we ordered pizza or something and we brought a bunch of pizza up. That's not right. But we had chaperones that were coming in and checking everything. And we hid everything in the dishwasher because oh we knew God, they wouldn't that's look. Right. That's and, right. then, <laughs> and then they opened up the fridge and stuff and they're like, oh yeah, no, everything looks good in here. But <laughs> everything you guys, was in you guys were rebels, eh? Holy shit. <laughs> I know. I just I just remember I just remember like we had for some reason, I can't remember who had it, but there was like an industrial Costco sized bag of real fruit gummies. And oh my it, just, God. It, it just became, I don't know why or how or what started it, but it became like a war. It was yeah. like, you'd have these real fruit gummies <laughs> and everyone was just throwing them at each other. And they'd be like oh. the whole entire like suite was covered in real fruit gummies. You remember Moses way? And we, yeah, I remember him. and <laughs> do you remember? How, and then remember when he hit himself in the room? Yes. Oh my God. I'll never forget. He was, he was trying to sleep. That's right. And we were throwing it was a room for like eight of us. <laughs> there was a lot of people in that room. And I, I remember, I remember, I can't remember who it was, but like people I'm were throwing throwing these real fruit gummies like onto the roof to try and get them to stick. <laughs> I actually very much remember this. <laughs> oh Mark, Mark at 9.25 p.m. The low point in the podcast. <laughs> it's like no <laughs> idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's because Ben, you're senile, remember? <laughs> ben hasn't been here the whole time. We just we just chat with him every couple minutes and just rem- remind him that he just still, pretend still... like I'm here. Just reminding him he's present. You know, it's okay. You don't yeah. have to talk much. It's all good. I, it's okay. Yeah. No. Still one of the hockey pool. Oh, you want to get into that? Oh, I, I yeah. kind of do want to get to talk a bit more sports and just into yeah yeah. Here, here's something, Danny. What? How has like how has COVID impacted you know the people that you're like that you're supporting and trying to to get back? You know, like, is, do you still have like a pretty big like client load and people that you're you're supporting yeah. and and kind of getting back, or has it? Yeah. How has COVID impacted like your business? <sighs> COVID has changed things to a degree, but also kept things status quo. So, I'm lucky enough in terms of where I work, where I am able to use a full gym space. Like we have a, oh God, it's a 3,200 foot uh, square foot gym space, and so that that's my space. So that's the space I work out all my clients with, but I'm able to do it one-on-one. We all wear masks. Um, we're all over the social distance. And so it was funny because uh, the way that the pandemic was going and they wanted us to resume work in September and we were late, we were officially told not to work as of March. Oh, wow. And so that was like a six month layoff, something like that, that they wanted Jesus. us to be on. We ended up, we ended up petitioning and getting back to work in June, but yeah, I mean, I've been able to really comfortably be able to work um, in masks in a social distance setting. 
Um, I've set up my entire gym for a COVID style workout. So I actually have different zones of workouts. So if somebody comes out and works out, they actually go into their own zone now. And then honestly, one thing that I've really taken advantage of, and I think a lot of people like it once they actually try it is telehealth. And so I'm actually able to do much like we're doing now, like a Zoom call. Um, I do Zoom calls with my clients and I guide them through all the rehab programs at, at, with the comfort of their own, at their own home. And so like, I'll be in my gym showing them exercises and then they recreate it with me while they're at home. That's got to be good for them as well to know that like, you know, because kind of like not not similar to what you were, you know, I work in it in government and just knowing that, you know, that there are those people that still are there for you, even though because a lot of stuff shut down, a lot of stuff stopped yes. as soon as COVID hit, right? And to know that, you know, you're there still for them to, to do that and to do things visually because, you know, they just have to see what you're doing, right? And then Absolutely. you're able to analyze. The, and you're the, able to, the you beauty know, of that. it too is that even with the video technology, I can still look at their form. I can see how they're moving. I can make corrections to their movements, even if I'm not there. And so there's still a support system for my clients when they are able to go and do that. Because a lot of my clients are ICBC. So they've gone through injuries through our car accidents. <laughs> and a lot, of, um, a lot of people need help with corrections and making sure that their injuries are being healed properly. And that's, that's where the really beautiful, the real beauty of having telehealth on there. Do you find, do you think that this telehealth thing or, or just having the ability to look at and break down people's videos, do you think that's going to continue on even once COVID's done? Do you feel like, I think it will. It's been something that's changed positively in the industry. And so people are, people have really started taking advantage of it. Like I, I had some clients that weren't, weren't comfortable in the, in the coming into the clinic and I totally understood that. Um, so I offer them telehealth and they're like, oh my God, I have access to that. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We can do your workouts from home. They're perfect. And so I have some regular clients that I do telehealth through now. Like I, I just set up my earbuds and my microphone and I go over my computer and I show them my exercises and I can still see them when, when they're doing their exercises. So it's a really positive thing. I mean, a lot of clients are really benefiting from it. So, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to continue once COVID's all done. Yeah. Are there, are there yeah. any people coming into the clinic or no? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have still have the majority of my clients coming through the clinics, but we have yeah. uh, mandatory COVID screens that we do for everybody. All, all the people, all of our workers that work in the clinic also do COVID screens before any, any shifts that they go into. Um, so clients have to do them before they enter the building, and then I do my pre-screens as well while they're in with my session with me before we even do anything. Wow, nice. Yeah, and I have to clean everything as soon as the client's done with it as well. So everything is fully sanitized, fully cleaned. There's no sort of layover where somebody's touching something that somebody else touched so it's all cleaned immediately so, uh, immediately after use <clears throat> that's awesome I feel like that, that adds a lot more work but obviously it needs to be done um, it adds a lot more work but you know what i mean it's kind of become part of routine now as i was saying earlier like people crave routine and that's just become part of my routine it doesn't feel like more work it's just okay somebody's doing a squat and i know i'm comfortable with them doing the squats i'm going to grab their weights i'm going to spring down quickly and then i'm going to return to what you're doing right that's interesting because like, you know, that that's, it's, it obviously is a temporary thing, COVID, even though we may not, it may not seem like it. Cause it's been almost a year and a half now with it and it mm-hmm. sucks, but you're right though. It is a routine based thing. And then once people get into that routine, I feel like it's going to continue on even like the whole mask wearing thing. Like that's, that's still, like, I happen. can see masks still being used for a long time. Honestly, after this. Yeah. Well, like, and even it, just, it doesn't even bother me anymore. I mean, are they are they truly uncomfortable? I mean, they're not super comfortable to a degree, unless you find one that you really like. But I mean, we've become so used to it as a society. I mean, I'm probably I'm gonna I, I see myself wearing a mask for a long time even after this. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll be nice when it all, everything all the restrictions <clears throat> are done and you absolutely never have to worry about it anymore. Yes. But it's like you said, I still can see people wearing it and like 
because you know people have invested a lot of resources and time into making them and to making them look a certain way and, and it, it's actually become kind of like a statement like a fashion thing now totally yeah as part of well the there's outfit. so many cool ones that i've seen now too actually there was one um so there's a gaming company called um razor and i saw that i saw this one that was advertised and it looked so cool so yeah. it was a you it's so it was a silicone plastic mask that had um n95 respirators on either side okay um and so you would attach it and uh, like as you would a mask but it was also clear so you could actually see somebody's face so yeah it covers like basically above the nose and under the chin but it's clear uh, clear silicone so you can actually see through it and they're okay. comfortable to wear and they have the n95 respirators so they're medical grade respirators so they they bring air in they filter the air and then heat is escaped so there's no actual air escaping it's just heat and then I'm it comes with, and it comes with a um a charging case it looks like i'm, I'm still looking into it but the charging case as well is um, not only charges the mask with the respirators, but it also has a UV light sterilization. So it actually sterilizes the mask as well. Okay, Holy that's crap. Cool. I'm actually yeah. looking at it right now. And it's it looks called, crazy. Um, it says it's called the world's smartest mask. Yes. And it's it's called Project Hazel by Razor. Yep. It, yep. looks, it looks super, super cool. It looks sick. Yeah. See, it's funny. Like if we go to something where we're wearing masks all the time now from now on, like, I think I would want to do something where I would look like Bane. <laughs> like I want to, I want to stand, yeah. I want to stand out and have like the little pieces of metal that look Absolutely. like teeth kind of thing. Yep. Oh man. Or just, or just fucking give me a Vader mask. I'll, I'll wear that. I don't care. Yeah. You know? like me, me and Jessica watched Star Wars actually the other day too. And um, Jessica really likes the prequels actually. Um, and so they're we fantastic. They're the best, they're the best. Honestly, all, all, all the They get way too much hate. They really do. Um, yeah. there's, there's some really positives with them, but yeah, so we, we watched, um, we were watching three and when, I mean, oh my God, spoiler, when it's Anakin Skywalker, one. like gets absolutely destroyed by Obi-Wan and then gets burnt by lava and has to have, go through the full surgery and turn into- I hate you! I Anakin! You are my brother, Anakin! Oh my God. So she's like, I have the high ground. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, Don't try it. You underestimate my power. Mm -hmm. Oh my god and then he so gets true. absolutely fucked but then he goes in and he turns into darth vader and then like darth sidious goes down he's like oh no your life has died it seems you it seems you used your force choke too hard and she died it's like but i don't understand she was Actually, alive i'm gonna i'm it gonna channel my inner nerddom oh, oh, it yeah. seems this is, this is... that in your anger there it is you killed and then Vader goes, what? No, that's impossible. She was alive. I felt it. And then he yeah. goes, no. And like the whole room just goes and basically gets like devoured by like, like force. Yeah. The force. There, there's, a, there's a lot of really cool Star Wars things that I've been, because obviously we, like, I know that Mikey followed Star Wars theory on YouTube. And I think I showed you Danny too, because yes, this guy, and he lives in Vancouver and he's like, he's like the leading Star Wars guy on YouTube. Okay. And he was saying too, I don't know if you guys knew it, but like apparently like Palpatine already had like Vader's, I know we're getting totally off topic, but he had Vader's suit made custom to that so that he was experiencing pain the entire time. So like when yeah. Vader's walking and doing lots of things, he made it so that he couldn't lift his arm like above his head. So when you see him fighting Luke, he never, he's never able to do like an overhand, like, like swing in that. He made it so that he couldn't like walk properly. Cause I remember in the comics, it says Anakin goes like, oh, you know, if this is, 
you know, this isn't walking, this is dragging or, you know, cause he could barely lift his feet. So everything was, everything in there in his suit was made to make him feel more hate and more anger just to keep fueling it. So like uh, if, if, if you take apart the campiness of the star Wars films, yeah. like if you take apart the campiness of it and you just look at the storyline from what happened to Anakin as a child, it's, it's actually pretty disgusting because he was basically groomed and controlled by this old weird man through his entire life, you know? Well, see, it's interesting too, because I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn, when he, when he first met Anakin, like Qui-Gon Jinn was really not, I mean, he was supportive of the Jedi, but he really had a belief of um, really accepting both sides of the force. And so- 100%. Like, there, 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 was there were things council. I've read that basically he went and had, he was almost going to train Anakin in the gray side of the force. Mm. Yeah, where where Anakin was going to be able to channel in both the 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 positives of the dark and the positives of the light, and then yeah. use really channel and both sides of the force because like it seemed like the the light side of the Jedi was a little more archaic and a little more old. I think, I, think totally. gonna, I think they're going to delve into that. Hopefully, some of the new series. There's so it's many coming interesting. out. Well, I mean, Disney's yeah. got a lot coming out. Oh, and and another thing that that was really interesting, Benny, you were talking about Vader's suit. Um, mm -hmm. when Sidious made it, like you said, he made it so in certain aspects he would feel the pain and stuff. Actually, when Vader continued on throughout his life, he had modifications made to the suit, and he yep. still wanted those modifications to include that he felt pain because he wanted to constantly be in pain and constantly feel yep. that anguish throughout yep. his entire life. Vader actually made a conscious decision to do that. Which is so really Vader made that decision to actually feel pain. Oh, down the road, yeah. but even even after Sidious uh, created the suit in a certain way, so he yeah. continued that that type it, it, of uh, style. The the okay. character of Anakin Skywalker is like again, if you take apart like the campiness, people go, oh, it's so lame. The special effects, okay, sure, but if you take into account like the complexity of his character, like you know, going from like Rogue One into like A New Hope. And knowing just, you know, what he's, you know, he's been basically told by this guy that, well, you, you can save, you know, your, your wife's life. Like, I know she's going to die. And then, oh, okay, so what do I do to get that? I'd probably be doing the same thing. And then, you know, he tells him basically, oh, you know what, you actually killed her. And then, like, believing that your entire life. And then, and then like Mikey said, like, owning the suit and making modifications to try to make some things better, but wanting to still feel pain because he he can't believe what's happened after killing younglings and you know his wife like apparently you know <clears throat> it's, it's interesting because the only solace he ever took and i'm getting really nerdy now is those like back to tanks where he was able to get out and just be basically a torso and just sit in those yeah, tanks yeah. but well you know what's crazy too so it was funny just watching watching the episode three again and just thinking back to the entire prequel story um, if Anakin had never really listened to the Chancellor at the time, yep. who became uh, who became Darth Sidious and Senator Palpatine, um, he would have never um, like I would personally believe that honestly. Um, oh my God, I can't remember her name. Um, Amadal, yeah, Padme oh, Amadal. So if uh, if Padme had like if uh, Anakin had never gone involved with Darth Sidious. Padme would have never actually died because he wouldn't have gone to that planet to fight the rest of the um, the Federation. Separatist leaders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, separatist leaders. He would have never gone and done that. He, and then Padme Sorry. would have never gone to meet him. And that um, Anakin would have never force choked force choked her, which would have which would have stopped her from going to preterm labor. 
which also because <laughs> the preterm labor is <clears throat> actually yeah. because she, she would have so never true. died then if she if she had a regular the regular pregnancy but it's funny because i was thinking i was like okay so they're in a futuristic world um do they still have like a pee stick for like testing if you're pregnant or not because <laughs> i mean i mean look they're but technically it's not a futuristic world it's it's a long time ago in a galaxy far away oh, no, okay so it's it's no, technically set in the past that's but their technology is the... more advanced than what our technology exactly. is it's more advanced, but it looks more archaic. When you look at like yes. in like episode episode five when they're in Hoth and they're looking, they're he's using those like yes. spectacles, and it looks so old school. Yes, yeah. but you're you're totally right. Like pre preterm labor and you know choke, choking a pregnant woman through the force is probably gonna you know probably not good. Probably cause some complications. You know, create a stress induced reaction. It's yeah. not gonna be a positive experience on her <clears> or the babies. Obviously, the babies obviously lived, became Luke and Leia. But, yeah. but I mean, still, I mean, Anakin would have likely been able to develop the gray side of the force and not actually been able to be um, limited um, by what the dark side even does. He would have become agree. the strongest I... force entity to ever have been. I agree. Yeah. I think that if that hadn't happened, he would have been the strongest force yielder in the galaxy. Oh, 100%. And we are so nerdy with this, but I fucking love it. Great. You didn't, you didn't screw yeah. up at all. It's fantastic. No, I said I love yeah. it. Oh, beautiful. And your, and your, internet's, your internet's way better now. There we go. Just need to talk about some Star Wars to get it going. Absolutely. Yeah. There, are there any other shows you guys are watching right now? Um, we just Fit. finished Shameless. We, we're, okay. done, we're done season 10. I've heard it's really good. It's one of the best shows ever. It's like my top five for sure. It's just so good. It's William H. Macy's in it, and he, yes. he absolutely kills oh, right. it. I've heard it's very, guys, very good. It's about a dis totally dis dysfunctional family, and it's just about their life for so long. It's just well, so the, da the dad sense. is a completely functioning functioning alcoholic, is he not? He's a functional functioning alcoholic. He's he's basically a complete fuck up, and he has no redeeming qualities at all. But it's such he's such such a good character, and his character yeah. arc is funny because he has his moments of. Um, uh, he's got his good qualities but he's also got a lot of bad qualities so the times that his good qualities show it creates for a really good balance it's just a really good show there's a lot of good character development in it It kind of reminds me of it's like it, it's it's in a class of its own but it's like it's it's good enough where it kind of reminds you of like the office or or parks and rec and stuff like that where the characters slowly develop over the seasons and they just get better and better with the show yeah uh, they kind of grow into the character but it also frustrates you too because the development of the characters will be going upwards like in a good way and then it'll just crash way harder than it ever has and it frustrates you to no end so that makes it uh better too which is good well it's good, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, i've heard it's an awesome show highly recommend it shameless yeah we finished the finished the mandalorian which is awesome <clears throat> do you guys oh, geez. Both, that is one that? that is one that i am yeah. wanting to watch okay, i'm trying yeah. to get jessica to watch it with me because we very much enjoy the star wars world yeah um actually one funny tip about me and jessica when me and jessica started dating jessica had never seen star wars oh my god wow. jessica had never seen star wars never experienced star wars at all and uh, so for christmas one year um she got me the entire blu-ray blu collection of of star wars episodes one through six Remember that, yeah, yeah. But the now, real what, now, 
Sorry, go ahead. The real present was that she would commit to watching them all with me. Whoa. Now, well, how did you do it? The in order of like one, no, one to six, not, or it was, it was it was in the order of prequel to six. One oh, you, six. Did, you did one, two, three, and then four, five, six. We did one, two, three, four, five, six because the you can understand the way that Vader developed. But okay, I agree but, with that. No, but I <laughs> there, there's pros and cons to both. I disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because okay. if you watch episode five and you've already seen the prequels, it takes away from the biggest moment in the entire series. Would you agree? Fair. I don't disagree it, with that because that is that is Star Wars, that moment right there. That is the biggest moment in the history of the franchise. I don't disagree at all, but the thing is with I disagree. That, I totally disagree with that actually. Really? But you don't think that I, that's I totally such do. a uh, it's but you don't think that's such a revelation when you first watch it? You don't think that's the first time you ever watched it without actually knowing what happened. That didn't just freak you right out. Yes, it, 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 with, with the prequels not being made, I would I would 100% um, well, agree with you and say mind. that. Um, I just got a correction from my lovely fiance, Jessica, that we actually did the opposite. We did four, five, six, one, two, three. Oh, there you go. Damn. Um, so thank you, Jessica, for, thank you, Jessica, for correcting me. I am sorry that I made this mistake on an, an, on an epic podcast. That's hold, on, hold on. What was Jessica's... Uh, what did she experience in episode five when Vader said that uh, he was his father? Uh, the problem is, I think Jessica was not shocked because it's kind of a movie moment that's been um, Everyone spoiled throughout the lifetime. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was, I think she could understand it. She's like, what? I mean, I totally yeah. understand. I knew it was going to happen, but it's like, whoa. I am your All these things that are happening. What? I am your father. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, but no, I was, I, I was privileged to have her watch them all with me and actually have her enjoy them all. Jessica has a certain love for Yoda, as do many people. So it's great. Yoda's amazing. I would, I would argue that, that the whole, of, the entirety of Star Wars is not about Luke. I would say the entirety of Star Wars is really about Anakin at its core. Even if you yeah. look into the the sequels that they made with Kylo Ren and all those types of guys, like they Kylo Ren, yeah. Now, I mean, so Kylo Ren was now, in, influenced by his grandfather. I'll be honest with you, I have not seen nine. What? What? Part of it was because um, I wanted to watch them all with Jessica, oh. and so we have both seen seven. I have seen eight. Eight is dog shit. Jessica, no, eight's seen good. Eight. Eight eight good is, when it, oh, no, I've rewatched it two, three times. I like it. So, I like so it. Jessica more has not seen eight, and we both need to see nine. But I tried to make a commitment so that we would all watch them together. So try it and refuse any spoilers for me. Okay, I won't say I anything about nine because there is something massive that happens. Mikey knows, but I, I would argue that it was really yes mike's right in terms of like episodes four five six if you hadn't seen any of the prequels and you only watched episode five where <clears throat> you know vader reveals that he's his father that would be the biggest moment sure like it's it's up there in the top probably 10 greatest mo movie moments but yes if but you the problem is too is that they're also kind of spoiled for anyone that's dutch because vader and dutch's father oh, oh really? really yes oh, so anyone that's dutch is looking at this and be like darth father and be like Oh, okay. that's that's why they didn't release it in the Netherlands. That's correct. For the, I just made that up. I honestly don't know. 
Oh, well, this is just awkward. This is just super awkward. Then I thought you were actually serious. No, I just. It seems so genuine. You got me too. I'll, I'll be honest. I, okay, okay. Well, then. Not, although not I wouldn't, cool, I'll, but it's fine. Although I, although I wouldn't be surprised because it was a very low budget film, and it probably only aired in the states initially. That's I think true. It was actually, it was very low budget. It was, and I and I read uh, George Lucas has an autobiography that he wrote, and he talked about getting the funding for it, and like nobody wanted to give him the money to make the movie, and he said the until it was, turned into one of the biggest franchises of all time. Yep, and actually the filming of it of A New Hope, which was just Star Wars, it was a disaster. Like it was just horrible. Everything was really badly done. There was a lot of sand getting in everywhere, like actually sand <laughs> everywhere. And I wonder if that was a reference to episode two where he's always talking about sand getting every, everywhere i was wondering if george lucas oh my god that's so I, I, I that's don't, so true i love it I, but he's never come out and said it so i do wonder because if you read that autobiography he alludes to it so maybe he's just playing on that meme a little bit but um a lot oh. of the people that were filming it they hated it like harrison ford like he was like it was it was good but it was like he didn't enjoy it per se but the movie was created in the <clears> editing <throat> process when he started editing it and he started splicing the scenes together he just did such a masterful job well you know what too so i mean there's so there's so much about the star wars lore well there was actually a, there was a documentary on netflix i believe it's called i am your father um it was through an italian guy um that found out so basically the original darth vader so i mean we know we know the voice of darth vader is james earl jones um so when we're going in and we're looking at darth vader Darth Vader is a different man. So there was actually a, um, there was a British power lifter that was the size and figure of Darth Vader. Yep. Oh, cool. And so they never died, used actually. his, they never used his voice, but they actually showed his voice in the documentary, like without James Earl Jones. And it really sounds like James Earl Jones, but for hmm. some reason they just never used his voice. And so they never like, used his voice even for parts of the films. It was always James Earl Jones. It was always James Earl Jones. And then it was all then in the in the final scene where Darth Vader dies and takes off his helmet. Yeah. They had done the editing scene with um this uh, I can't Humpty Dumpty. Well, sure, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> um, but we'll go in. So he he went in and um so when they were doing because um, it was a different actor. From the yeah, first so when they were re yeah. revealing his, um, what's his name? His name is uh, David or something. David Prowse. Yeah. There we go. David Thank Prowse, you. Yeah. Dave Prowse. So Dave Prowse was a bodybuilder in, in the UK. Um, but when they were doing the final scene, Dave Prowse was like, did the full scene, had his reveal and everything in, in this, in the, um, like in the whole scene. But then when Dave Prowse left, they did, um, they basically redid the scene with a different actor's face because they didn't thought that he looked the part of Darth Vader mm. under the suit. And so the whole documentary is actually revisiting the entire scene with having Dave Prowse basically reprise his role as Darth Vader and have his reveal shown. And it was like totally copyrighted and everything. You, oh. you only are ever going to see it in the documentary because they had to destroy the film. Because Disney put a uh, Disney put a uh, or no, it was, Luke, it was still Lucasfilms um, put yeah. a cease and desist on it. Jesus. Um, but yeah, like like it's an incredible documentary. It's it, it's a great great documentary on Star Wars, especially if you're looking for like the lore of Star Wars and just the actors themselves too. Is super mm -hmm. super cool. That's interesting that is, too. Be, oh. be, there's also because um, I've done a little bit of reading on that too, and with that specific scene, it was interesting because there are certain scenes that you can find where Dave, David Prowse is actually talking as Darth Vader. And yes, he's it sounds talking like him. In, he does, but he also sounds kind of 
odd because it's got that it's not as obviously as deep and resounding as uh james earl jones so yes. it, it's similar like you're right it is very similar but it's also not darth vader so it sounds kind of funny like when he's talking because it, it's it's just different you got to listen to it it's probably in that documentary like you said. i think there's parts of that like in episode like for or whatever like a new hope or whatever just this original star wars in the very beginning when he's super pissed off because he knows that the rebels stole the the plans for the death star and he's going like i want them alive like that that part i don't know if that actually because you might have been right mikey that might not have been james earl jones because he's speaking really quickly in that scene and it it almost kind of doesn't it sounds more high-pitched than his actual voice when you hear him in empire strikes back when he's giving the whole spiel to luke on you know hanging over the edge like that's james Earl jones like that's his iconic voice but yeah i i, I, I yeah, love I looking into that type of stuff i don't know how that works i'm pretty like i, I was pretty sure that pros did some of it and then they overdubbed it with james Earl jones after they definitely but, dubbed it with James Earl Jones. Like he he portrayed the 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 voice acting as if he was doing the voice acting anyways right. in the film, but then it, then they dubbed it with James Earl Jones. Right. But but Benny's Benny's right too, because I bet you when James Earl Jones was watching episode four, which was Star Wars at the time, he probably saw how Dave Prowse did it initially. Because he's probably listening to how Dave Prowse did it. And then he's like, okay, now I have to do it. And that's probably the first scene he's ever doing. And the first time he's ever doing it. So he's probably talking quicker and, and like doing it the way Dave Prowse would. And it probably took him time, at least one, about yeah, half just, a movie. Just to develop movie, the role and the voice, Just right? to develop the movie, yeah. Because after that, after the first movie, Dave Prowse probably, obviously he was still Vader, but he probably wasn't doing the speaking roles at that point. Did they use James Earl Jones for all the, the, the sequels too? Or like, and like the newer movies, like Rogue One, like in all those movies? Yes, um, yes. I'm pretty sure. I think I'm pretty so. sure he's, there's that, still there's alive. that one scene in Rogue One where he's uh they've they've boarded that the rebel ship and he's um his lightsaber glows red in the darkness and all the all the, all the rebels are like holy shit like what is this because it's the first time that they've seen Darth they don't know what this is right because Anakin literally had just become like Darth Vader well no this is a few years this would be a few years after because he's he'd be Vader by then but when he opens that up and he's so close to getting the Death Star like he's so full of rage like you see him choke a guy pick him up and then like throw him like it's yeah sure it's kind of it's kind of campy but if you think about what he's doing and how strong he is like you know he's literally picking a guy up choking him at the same time and then just flicking him aside to the wall and these guys are screaming and then he because he talks in that one too and i'm wondering i didn't know if that was james Earl jones because he um talks to ben mendelson's character in that one he goes like you know be careful not to choke on your aspirations director and it's like he's choking him you see his hand out they're just done so well yeah well, it's all the star wars lore right that's a big thing i love it I, I love learning about the sith and how there was like multiple sith like the sith were an, actually like a race before they became just this sect kind of thing there was a whole planet with sith and then they they all craved so much power that they kind of became evil by nature and then you know and especially with you know turning lightsabers red apparently they're made of these kyber crystals and the only way to make a lightsaber red is you actually have to <clears throat> The, the kyber crystals that make up the color of the lightsaber yeah. in order for it to turn red you actually they're apparently sidious told anakin that they're actually uh like living organisms so you actually have to break the kyber crystals bend them towards your will and make them and make them quote unquote bleed so that's why they're red and i had no idea and I, like i love learning about facts like that it's so cool well, it's actually interesting too because even the game jai fallen order um you actually have like there's an opportunity to create your own lightsaber and everything 
and um, yep. basically um, there's a part, later part of the game where you actually get to create your own lightsaber because your lightsaber dies and gets destroyed. So you actually mm -hmm. have to find one of these crystals and then harness it to your will and your force abilities because each crystal is tied to each Jedi. Yeah, that's, that's I, cool. I think, and they don't go into that in the movies, but like that's that's a part that I would love to learn. And like maybe Disney will do that with like the Kenobi series or something because Ewan McGregor is reprising his role and Hayden Christian is oh reprising his role. Oh, and so I'm just, I'm so pumped. And people hate they are gonna Hayden do Christensen, such a good job. Oh, I told you. And I think Hayden Christensen was perfect. People hate and say, oh, well, he was a really bad actor. Well, I think he was pretty spot on for someone that basically had lost his mother, was being controlled, being told that. So first of all, you're being told that you're the chosen one, but at the same time, we don't trust you. Okay, yeah. so, you know, and there's a lot of misconceptions <laughs> and a lot of like really back and yeah. forth that, yeah, like, uh, I thought it was perfect. That one, yeah, when he's holding on to his mom, when he's holding yeah. on to his mom and you see his eyes go up, like that, that like personifies rage and like death. Like, I killed oh, them all, the women and the children. Like, yeah, I don't know if I would do any different. I mean, if someone did that to my mom and I was filled with rage, like, I don't know, you know, there's I thought he a, did perfect. There was a, um, for the Phantom Menace when before Hayden Christensen, when there was like the little boy Anakin, one of the promo movie posters, it was really sick. It was a photo of Anakin, like kind of sitting against the wall with his like foot pressed up against the wall. And he was kind of like looking down a little bit and his shadow was on the back wall and it was a Vader. Oh, it was, that's cool. It's so sick. And it, but it's you need also to find really that sad. picture. I'd love oh, to see that. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll send it in the group chat once we're done here, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely, that's definitely cool. a crazy one, but but yeah, this is, I gotta say, I hate, I hate, I hate having to wrap things up, but yeah. this has been a fun episode. Yeah, it's been good. This has been amazing. Danny, I think we should well, have man, you on I'm, again. I haven't been able to be a part of any other episode, but thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> we're, I think we're going to have you on again. And I, I would like to talk more like actual sports, like talk about like maybe the NHL and stuff like that. Yeah, and for sure. Maybe, maybe gloat a bit more about how I'm winning the hockey pool because I didn't get to as much, but currently but you're not gonna yeah, be winning so. for long i'm catching up to your ass you are you are catching up i was a bit scared tonight but i i think i still beat you by one point but yeah. I'll, 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 I'll concede at this point in the season benny you're definitely mm -hmm. doing pretty good i'll concede a little bit at this point thank yeah. you my team is just trash <laughs> <laughs> oh hey mike thanks there. for trying to trade me besser by the way appreciate it yeah mm. no worries i traded for shay theodore who's been out the whole time and I also traded for um, Travis Konechny, who's been injured and postponed the whole time, and he hasn't gotten one point. And yeah. uh, it's just every single player I've received has been either injured or postponed due to COVID, and it's just been. I'll take Drysaddle. I'll give you Marner straight up. Marner had four yeah. points tonight. That is a, that is very fair. Yeah. Let's sure. that. Well, yeah. You know what? It Definitely ne next time I'm on, boys, we'll talk a little more about some hockey. We'll talk about some, some more, some sports, some pool action, all the good stuff. Yeah. I, I think another one last thing too that would be really cool to share with our listeners as well is to is the people, the people that you've worked on that you've helped, like you know, that have kind of gone on to do some pretty cool things in sports as well. Because I know you've yeah. got a couple of stories there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, most of it's with the Rams right now. So I worked at the Langley Rams, the Langley Rams Junior Football Club out here in Langley. Um, some of the top guys that I've worked with on the team, uh, Javon Cote is one of the cool ones that, I, that I've had the pleasure of working around, not necessarily working with personally, but able to work around him and help him through the season. And also Andrew Porchenich, who was um, the league MVP 
um, shattered the BC record for rushing touchdowns in his in his uh, other season. So we were, we were lucky enough to make the national championship um, two years in a row. Um, COVID unfortunately put a derail to the season for now, but that's been a cool one. Um, and then just being able to be be able to experience a bunch of guys from hockey, which has been a super cool, uh, super cool thing. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, who is who is the Isn't guy? I thought there was someone on the Steelers that you used to that you worked with, like that. Oh no, 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 I, I didn't work with him. Unfortunately, I wish I did. Um, oh, like, okay. I, I met, I met him, I met him a couple times, but Chase Claypool. Oh, you did. Very cool. Did he yeah, sign a couple, couple connections office? to the Rams? No. Oh man, you guys should. You guys should. Next time he comes back home, you guys should get him to sign something for your office. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be get sick. some Steelers it's like just, memorabilia. It's just, it's just seeing guys at the Rams and stuff, but that's about it. Or you know, what you guys should do. You guys should buy a Claypool jersey. And um, I'll see if a local guy can sign it. That'd yeah, cool. and then like maybe hang it up in your. I am a Steelers fan. After all. That's right. You did that little bet. Now you're a Steelers fan. <laughs> I am a Steelers That's fan. Right. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Danny. Well, I gotta say this has been an awesome one. Episode forty-one of the Side of Ranch podcast. Been an absolute freaking blast. Absolutely. Maybe you'll have me on forty-two. Maybe or maybe forty-three or forty-four. If you play your cards um, right. Maybe, maybe we'll choose forty-five. I don't know. I don't know if I'm not Maybe we'll just never talk to you again. That's also an option. So you gotta play that your cards good, That sounds right. like a better option, actually. I'm you gotta sorry. play your card. You gotta play your cards right, and you got it. You gotta play 10-4, Okay. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right, Danny. Thanks right, again for joining us. Welcome. Welcome. Not welcome. What am I doing? Not welcome. It's mm. thank you, you pizza crusts and chicken crusts and tendy magoos for joining but where's us. Where's my another... side of ranch? But here you go, Danny. I'm just handing it through right here. There's your side of ranch, a little bold house ranch. And thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Side of Ranch podcast. My name is Mike. And I'm Ben. And thank you again for tuning in. All right, we're good. It's still recording. Yeah, you got to. We will edit that out. It's all good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I forgot I was actually. Oh, wait. Do I just. Thanks again to all of you crusts and tendies for tuning in to another episode of the Side of Ranch podcast. If you want to reach us on our socials, you can on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And you can leave us a voice message on Anchor. This helps us to chat directly with you guys and to continue to build a supportive community. Thanks again for dipping into a Side of Ranch. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben.